Lollygagging Sports. I am Bo Reed along with uh, Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Now, I, I've got a confession to make here. Uh, I've actually never heard that song. This was this, this was requested. I'm sure Samantha and Irby have a really good reason for this that we're about to find out. And I'm, I'm, all you lollygaggers out there, I'm right there with you. I'm not sure what's going on here. Uh, but this was requested by my co-host. So, Samantha, do you want to enlighten us on why we started with Getaway Car today? I will, although I, I can I will also confess something, which is that I can tell that you've never heard that song because that is not actually Taylor Swift. Uh, that is a knockoff, which that is was? probably good. Yeah, that's not Taylor Swift. Uh, but it is somebody trying very hard to sound like Taylor Swift. iTunes uh, lied to me. So, iTunes yeah, that was Taylor like Swift. Those, that's like one of those knockoff versions. That's so funny. It's close. It's close. She almost has it. Almost got it. Um, but okay. this is probably good. It lessens the chances that we will get sued someday. <laughs> For putting the music in, yeah, that's uh, valid. I, I so pretty sure the knockoff versions are legal. Um, but anyway, yeah. It, so it is Taylor Swift's birthday today, but that's that's not why we're starting with this. <laughs> we're starting with this because Irby and I, I think we're pretty well behaved last week. I don't think we mentioned the stabby octopus at all. Maybe we mentioned it once. I don't know. Well, I think we were I pretty did. good. We were we were good. Oh, you brought it up. I okay. think I brought I it up. Okay, so someone brought up one stabby octopus mentioned. I feel like Irby and I have been relatively well behaved since the <laughs> octopus meltdown episode. But anyway, we've been hard at work this week. We were inspired. Canarius Tony inspired us. We're writing, so we decided to write a musical about the Chiefs. You know, it could be Chiefs, exclamation point, the musical. It is largely soundtrack by Taylor Swift. Not sure if we're going to incorporate anything else. Probably not. Um, but anyway, I see many, many people try to link a song. Um, to the business with Kadarius Tony and the various Taylor Swift songs. Well, guys, we're doing a whole musical. So um, if you don't see Irby or I for a couple of weeks, it's because we're busy with this. But it does the musical does kick off with Getaway Car because, of course, this is all spurred by, as we have imagined it, you know, Tyreek Hill, of course, defecting to the Dolphins, has, you know, the Getaway Car, which is the beginning of the end for the Chiefs because <laughs> once Tyreek Hill left... You know, thus Canarius Tony. So we're working through this. We get a couple songs down. We're, we're working on it. We'll let you know when the finished product is out. There may never be finished, just FYI, or we might finish it tomorrow. It's hard to say. I don't know, but I think we have a winner on our hands. <laughs> you know, just knowing these two the way I know them, that is probably the most factual statement that's ever been said on this show is that it could be done tomorrow. It very well could be done tomorrow. It may not, but it could be because I know how you guys work, Irby. I know how I know how you you approach projects like this, especially when you're this passionate about it. I uh, yeah, well, good, good. Then then there's no surprises, though. You know exactly what's coming for you. And um, I I mean the the intro, which was great. Um, I I couldn't stop laughing that that you got lied to, Bo, and 
you had the yeah, non-Taylor version. It's like, like, in that, like, what was it like a decade ago, and for a little more when we would fantasy football, you draft Adrian Peterson, but you had to tell one the Minnesota Vikings one, not the not the Chicago Bears <laughs> one. <laughs> like, <laughs> or did we have another? It was Ryan Braun. We had Ryan Braun, the hitter, and then the relief pitcher. Like, what? No, not that guy. This one, so fantastic. But yes, the uh, um. <laughs> It's been a really good. It's been a really good few days of just just hammering out some some Taylor music, and 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 working through some of these because it's and I appreciate that the Chiefs giving us the content and everything because, um, you know Samantha dive back in here but I, I you said it best like this is a great start and getaway car was an opening it was a perfect way to start this because you know nothing good starts in a getaway car and letting you and me write a musical. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I, I can't wait to, to. I mean, is this going to be like an audio track, or is there going to be some sort of a videography going on here? Like, like what are we doing? Just so um, I know what to it expect. Probably depends on what kind of backing we get. You know, I, I believe the standard practice. I don't really know anything about exactly how this works because I very famously, which is probably why it surprises anyone who knows me who's listening to this, um, I hate musicals. I get, like, really bad secondhand embarrassment watching them, like, for the people performing. Like, it makes me kind of want to die. So, and I'm the last person you ever expect to be writing a musical, right? But it felt right. But anyway, my understanding of how this works is that you have to get, like, a backer. Um, this may be outdated information, actually, because I think most of my information about musicals is from, like, novels that I've read that are from, like, the 40s. Because I don't know anything about modern musicals because, you know, I hate them. But I believe you have to go seek, like, backers and then, like, you get some guy to, like, finance your show or whatever. And then you can like, take it to Broadway or whatever. I think that's how that works. Or maybe you just sell the script to somebody. Unclear. I don't know. We're early on in the process. We have not reached that point in the process. We are just developing the general storyline as well as the accompaniment. Um We've not cast this yet. Uh, we have not done any choreography. <laughs> so. Well, so there is a Mike McDaniel cameo. We did, there is a Mike McDaniel cameo. We do know that much. We do know that much. Yes. Mm. <laughs> also, not cameoing in this Brittany Mahomes. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> or that Jack. will not happen. Oh. Or Jack. Or Jack. Jack is not even allowed in the theater. Well, I don't, I don't know either. I can ask around. I mean, I, I know how Hollywood scripts work. I don't know. About, I don't know. Have any clue about how musicals work, except for you know what I've seen in the producers by Mel Brooks, which was also a musical. It was a musical about making a musical, which I'm assuming Samantha would probably be your worst nightmare. I yes, I. <laughs> Is that the worst? It might be the worst. I don't know. It's just the singing and the, all the. Oh, I just, I can't do it, you guys. I can't. But if it's just, but the people in our musical are not going to sing, right? We're just going to play the Taylor Swift songs behind it, and then they're going to do kind of like a pantomime kind of thing, which will improve things. How we're going to get the licensing for the Taylor Swift songs, again, unclear. We need a backer. If you yeah, are a person with a lot of money that's a and lot no of money. taste, <laughs> call us. That's going to be a big chunk of coin. I will quote a movie that Bo hates that I love, 10 Things I Hate About You. We need someone oh, with God. money who's stupid. I don't understand why you don't like that movie. Like, I've never met anyone who didn't like that movie. It's like so much smarter than any of the other movies that are like that. I <laughs> Is it because it's a Shakespeare? It's a re Shakespeare retelling? Is that why you don't like it? No, no. I'm perfectly fine with Shakespeare retellings and, and just Shakespeare in general. I just don't like that movie. That's so weird to me. 
<laughs> You're the only person I've ever met who doesn't like that movie. Like, well, ever. <laughs> I, I also don't like The Princess Bride, and that puts me in a small category as well, too. So, Yeah, although I have met, that's weird, but I have met <laughs> other people who say that. Um, not very many, though. <laughs> not very many. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Well... <laughs> We, we do actually have some sports on the docket, guys. I, we do. <laughs> so let's, we're gonna, kind of, kind of. All right, we're going to talk a little baseball, a little football, like, like, you know, like we do, but it's exciting because to, this week is the return of the time capsule. That's right. The time capsule has been on the shelf for a few months now. Uh, in fact, it was. I had to dust off some rust putting together the time capsule for tonight, so good luck to you two having to knock off the rust while we're doing the, the segment. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, but let's start with baseball because obviously we finally have a destination for Atani. Uh, Smith, I wanted to dig into this contract because there's a lot of weird in this deal. Uh, there's You've got obviously the, you know, the $700 million full value of the contract. That's, that's what we kind of expected. It's the deferments. Two, he's he's being paid two million a year for the ten years he's playing for the Dodgers, and then sixty-eight million a year for ten years after that. That correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that math shakes uh, 600, out. Six hundred, six hundred eighty million, not sixty-eight million. Six hundred eighty million. I was saying per year, sixty-eight million per year. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that's how that's going to work. Well, the math doesn't check out, first like, of all. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But then it came out today. This this was another one. Uh, he's got a clause in there that allows him to opt out if there is a change of ownership or if the general manager of Friedman leaves. Well, general managers come and go all the time unless you're Brian Cashman. So I, I found this clause to be particularly interesting that if they change GMs, he could just opt out. Yeah, they change owners like when they go bankrupt and they have to change owners because they, they've been bankrupted by paying him $700 million. I think <laughs> that's a possibility. I, the GM thing to me is like it probably doesn't really have anything to do with the GM and it has everything to do with the fact that he's given himself an escape hatch. It's uh, <laughs> like, oh, well, if they change GMs, that would be an exit. Um, I don't want to get into the money too much because I think this has been talked to death and you don't need us to go over it. I also don't really understand why everyone cares so much. Sure. Like, it's been... I, there's, first of all, people don't understand how taxes work, apparently. <laughs> um, there are a number of people trying to, to assert that this was illegal. It's not. Um, immoral, it's still not. Uh, so, I please, please, please don't speak before reading. Please read first, then speak. Um, but I just... But yeah, I mean, we don't need to break down the money here. It's actually not very interesting, and I don't understand why anyone even cares. Um, more interesting to me are those opt-out clauses, which I, I think is kind of funny. But it's mostly hilarious. That's an, it's, a, it's an escape hatch, right? <laughs> um, but we can't all laugh about, like, well, yeah, like the opts out of the contract because they bankrupted themselves paying him. Um, again, they're not going to go bankrupt. They have plenty of money. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's Irby, I mean, he essentially can opt out if this happens, he, he can opt out. So it's not like we see with usual opt-outs where, okay, well, we're going to get four years guaranteed out of you, but then you can opt out in year five if you choose to, right? This is a different level of opt-out. 
Uh, obviously, I don't think anything's going to happen with, with ownership and, 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 and the general manager in the next year or two. But still, he, I mean, it, it, it's, it's treated like a footnote in this contract, but it's actually kind of a big deal. I maybe I, I'm sorry. I there, there's six hundred eighty million dollars deferred. Why the hell would he opt out? You, you got it's like what? What? Why? But no, just take the money. Like I, this is this is all about playing in his prime. I get what he's doing, and and it's funny. I, I joked about this with people before. It'd be amazing to see some veteran players all you know take a little bit of a cut so they can all play together and have a really good team. And here he is doing that of like. I, yeah, the two million, uh, just he can be, they can go out and get extra pieces, whether it's a trade coming out, whether it's another signing, anything like that, or they can build this team and win some titles, <laughs> and that's great. Eventually, you're gonna have to pay the piper, but that's that's a problem to deal with. You know, ten years from now, if you've got four more rings, <laughs> you'll be fine with that if that cost you a decade of of being hamstrung. So I no, I get it. it um, I I. I love the fact too about that. Apparently, he offered the Giants the exact same deal. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of disappointed, but happy with the consolation prize. Of I almost had that and would have loved that, but you know they went a different direction. So, hey, good on him. And I, you know, it'll be even more fun to watch all the Angel fans suddenly uh, exchanging red for blue. All right. Well, let, let, let's focus then on, on the on the on the field product here, just for real fast, Samantha. So they got a tiny. He can't pitch. And that was the big problem for the Dodgers last year. He can't help them do that in twenty twenty four. So obviously they still need to do more. Like this doesn't this doesn't suddenly vault them back into National League favorites, right? Um, I don't know. They're still a really good team. Um, I think everybody kind of forgets how good they were last year, even mm, sure. um, even with the catastrophic number of injuries and presumably a lot of those people will be back. So also, I mean, it's, I, I'm not trying to knock Otani by saying this, because you guys know a lot of the reason that he did what he did with the money wasn't about helping the Dodgers. It was about getting under the tax threshold in California. So um, that $2 million, yeah. that's, that's the, the tipping point there. So, which again is not illegal. So, but, um, you know, I don't know that this was necessarily about like being a pal. Um, I'm sure he would like to compete. You know, that's why he's, you know, gone across town from the angels. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, but it does, it does. It's convenient, right? Because it saves you some money tax wise. And it also kind of puts some pressure on the Dodgers to continue to add because it looks whether this is what you meant or not. And I think that this was at least part of his intent as though you're saying, okay, take some of that money and go spend it on someone else. It's like, well, they still got to pay you eventually their pal. But, right. um, I would not be surprised to see them add again, particularly because, as you pointed out, I think we'll see would benefit from adding some pitching, and that is one thing that you can still get on the market. Yep, and they're, and they're of course, in on all of the high-profile pitchers that are left. Uh, <clears throat> Irby, anything you want to add to that before we get on to uh, Young Hoo Lee? Uh, no, I mean, happy the decision was made. Um, like you guys have said, upset we never found out the dog's name. Um, but I, I do love the poetry that, you know, the deferred payments are taking over the year. We have one year of Bobby Bonilla Day and then Otani Day. Um, not the same, but there's there's some nice poetry there of how it will, one will continue on. It's always going to be Bobby Bonilla Day today. Yeah. I'm Why not doing that? I know this does not impress me. Bobby Bonilla Day is eternal. But if he gets a dog when this happens and names it Bobby Bonilla, then it can continue, right? No, he won't even tell us the name of the dog he does have. <laughs> you know, I do wonder though the way this the way this deferment schedule is set up and, and, and what it is allowing the Dodgers to continue to do while they still have a Tani. 
If that catches on as a trend, I wonder how baseball is going to react to that. If baseball is going to try to step step in and say, "Okay, you can't defer this much," they have they, yeah. They, it, there's nothing there yet, but I, I feel like that might be coming down the pike. I mean, it does feel a little bit like a uh, competitive cheat, if yeah. you will. Um, it was one thing with Bobby Bonilla where it wasn't enough money for anybody to miss it, but this definitely looks different than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it, it's it's just straight up at least at the moment. It's a loophole around the luxury tax. That's what it mm-hmm. is. So yeah. I'm curious yeah. if this if this becomes a thing, <clears throat> you're going to see a reaction for baseball in the next CBA. That's that's for sure. All right, well let's move on. So the Giants did move on after they lose out of Otani. They get Young Hu Lee, uh, six years, 113 million. Smith. That of course feels right to me. Um, about I mean, I'm always a little squeamish about bringing over imports from you know Japan or Korea. And giving us so much money right off the bat, but I don't know. This this does feel like a little bit of a safe bet. I'm, I'm much more comfortable with the position players than I am the pitchers. It's something like this. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think part of it too is that the, the hitters market is so ugly this year. Uh-huh. I'm not yep. sure you see quite that much um, because it is a risk. It is a risk, and I, I think there's a slightly higher risk with KBO than there was with NPB. So that there's that as well. Um, probably he's worth it. I think it's less of a risk than it was, let's say, even 15 years ago, because now we have so much more access to sort of the, the scouting um, so that we can actually take a better look at these guys. There's just a lot more information out there now that will tell you if what you're buying is really is advertised and if it will translate to Major League Baseball. So I, the money itself is fine if you look at it by AAV. It's yeah, you know, what do you expect this guy to be able to do? What does the scouting say he can do? It's fine. It's The length of the contract feels a little bit much to me for something that is an unknown. I mean, they are professional leagues, leagues, so like we say, they're really like kind of an equivalent to like AAA. So, um, it's he's going to be making a step up. So, you're assuming the person is going to be capable of making that jump, and it's a lot of money to sink into that. Um, but, you know, the Giants got their consolation prize for Otani, I guess, and probably he'll be fine. I hope he's fine mm-hmm. as a hitter. So, um, you know, barring an injury, of course, it's probably fine. Yeah. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here on Young who lead to the, to the Giants? I, good good for the Giants, pivoting quickly, doing something they needed. I mean, yeah, obviously you could use Otani, and they were that close. But, you know, waste no time, move on, next steps. And um, I'm... Well, I'm with you the same. We've seen a little more success from from the hitters than the mm-hmm. um, pitchers, but then you know with the KBO, um, not so much. But I this is one that I don't know. I, I normally I would have a more analytical response of what I hope that he can do, and also, but I'm going full in just want simply because of the nickname. I want the grandson of the wind to do really well. Just so we say <laughs> that all the time. It is a good nickname. I will give him that. It's, fantastic. it's a heck of a lot better than Fat Toad. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Not sure I agree. You like Fat Toad better? I mean, well, Fat Toad is funny. Grandson of the Wind sounds like like um, it's his um, Native American name. Well, no, it's it's because his dad played before, and his dad was son of, son of the Wind. And was the grandfather literally named Wind? I hope so. Like, be, I, I, that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, I don't know. I don't hate it, but that's how it is so funny. Need to look into this. I need to trace his family tree just to see <laughs> if that's true. 
That'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, the guy's name is literally when you really can't argue with it. You, you know? can't. Uh, I if mean, somebody made this up several steps down, it's like, what? What? I, this is a bit too abstract, I think, for baseball. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Anything else here, Samantha? Before we get into football, because that's unfortunately that's all the baseball we have. Yeah, we haven't seen much. I mean, uh, the, the Guardians gave Austin Edges $4 million, which is hilarious. I did see that. Um, but, you know, um, we, we, yeah. needed a, we needed a dad. We bought a dad. So. Well, he just uh, wanted a ring. They pay, how are they paying him? Is it going to be like deferred $50,000 a year? For- oh, hilariously, yes, it is deferred. It is, there is a, a significant portion of that was deferred, which is Man, hilarious. the amount of teens putting players on their credit cards right now is insane. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you put Austin. That's like going to the liquor store and putting and, and putting a booze on your credit card. Just like, Have you met our owners? <laughs> it's just, it's just, like you want to pay interest on that? Okay. Well, our owners are like the people who would go and buy like a six dollar coffee and put it on a credit card, and not because it was convenient, but because they're going to need to pay that in installments. <sighs> so, I mean, it, it, at the very least, make it make it because you want the points, man. <laughs> There you go. There's a, there's a, that's, okay, there's a rabbit hole we could go down. Let's let's avoid that trap. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the NFL uh, because we've seen some things over the last couple of weeks, Samantha. Uh, the Super Bowl teams from last year are not looking very super right now. The Eagles have lost two straight. In both games, they got destroyed. The Chiefs coming off an ugly loss against the Bills, and yes, he was offsides, guys. I can't believe we. I can't believe this is an argument. He's clearly offsides. Why? No, but there isn't anyone who's disagreeing with you except Chiefs fans. Like there, there isn't I, actually a debate I, about this. This I, is just people want to be right about their own team. There, there is no actual debate about this. It's not a controversy. <laughs> oh, tell that to my social media feed. It's all over the place. So, what do we make of this? Is, is is it just two bad weeks for Philly? Is there cracks in the foundation? The same question, I guess, about the Chiefs as well, Samantha. Like, where are we at here with these two? Uh, completely different places. Um, you know, I think we've, we've been talking about the Chiefs, and I think all three, we talked a little bit about this last week, and I think all three of us agree that the Chiefs are, like, not it this year. They right. just don't have it. Yeah. So they have a lot of problems top to bottom. They've struggled a lot. It's not losing to Buffalo that really bothers me, because Buffalo is probably a lot better than their record. They haven't lost a game by more than six points, um, and they've beat some tough opponents. And, I mean, you could drag Miami into this conversation, too, and say, hey, what happened to you guys this week? Uh, we haven't seen you beat anyone who's any good, so that's a problem, too. Um, so, you know, the AFC feels very wide open, right, because the Chiefs are a mess. Miami, what the shine came off them um, over this last weekend. So, Yeah, but it wasn't going to be the Chiefs anyway. Philly's a little different, right? I think we had higher expectations for them, or at least we did, at least to a degree, you know, weeks into the season, as opposed to the Chiefs were, you know, right off the bat, it was like, ooh, ooh, they lost that game to Detroit, ooh. Um, And it kind (laughs) of hasn't gotten a whole lot better since then. They they have a lot of issues that I think cannot be fixed uh, within the framework of the season. But, But Philly, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. They looked really, really good, and then all of a sudden they looked really, really bad, and some of that certainly is dealing with injuries, but, you know, you pointed out that they really, I mean, they looked horrible against Dallas. It wasn't like they lost by three, or there was some kind of weird, unlucky disaster thing. I mean, they just got clobbered, Mm -hmm. and it's not like, it wouldn't have been weird if Dallas just beat them and it was close. You'd go, okay, these are both good teams, Mm -hmm. like, any week, right? Um, But, like, they got, like, embarrassed, 
yeah. I think Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys are good, and I think they are a very, very legitimate Super Bowl contender, but I don't think they're so good that they would, like, destroy the next best team, if you know what I mean. I right. think this is a problem with Philly. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm worried about the Eagles. The, the Chiefs I have already consigned to the, you know, middle of the playoff pack, don't peep. But I'm worried about the Eagles. Mm. I'm worried. Well, I mean, I guess the one good thing if you're if you're Philly is you look at that schedule. The rest, yes. the rest of the way, yes. like, like I mean, as, as long as you don't trip over your own feet, you're still going to win the NFC East. Right, the Beatles going to beat them. They might, but the Beatles going to beat them. Is that an official <laughs> Irby call? Because I'm I'm on I'm I'm on, I'm on board for that. <laughs> Have you seen that guy's agent? Yes. yes. So Straight out of central casting for a guy named DeVito. <laughs> they are going to find somebody in the marshes of the Meadowlands before the season. And it's just absolutely incredible. Like, just could not have cast it better. I don't know where they got that guy. But I, I highly doubt he has the credentials to be an agent, but I don't care. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. Fantastic. It's fine. <laughs> Well, you want to be on some of those calls when the contract negotiation time. We're <laughs> <laughs> be careful. You're swimming with the fishes. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can't see that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Tommy two touchdowns. <laughs> oh, man. Can we call him that? Can we call him Tommy two touchdowns? That's, that's such a mod name. <laughs> like demand to be paid in like a briefcase full of cash that has to then be like washed through like a laundromat and like a, you know a dry cleaner or whatever the you know money laundering business of choice is for that particular family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Irby, Irby, same question to you here: uh, Chiefs, Eagles. What are we thinking about these two after the last couple of weeks? Well, the Eagles and last week for the Chiefs. Um. So the Chiefs, I mean, this is the, uh, you know, when we queue up your soundbite, like this is who we thought they were. I, I This is not that great of a team. Um, and, and it's a team that I, look, Kansas City's got the weapons, they've got the firepower, they're going to make the postseason. Not saying anything like that, but and they're not an easy team to beat. Like this isn't one of those teams you do want to play or anything, but, I mean, the more and more you watch this and what we see, they're not scoring. And, and, We've talked about that. I know, Samantha, you and I have talked about this since the, the, this kind of the rise has happened. Like the, the, the way to beat the Chiefs is to eliminate the number of offensive possessions they have. You know, looks, quick, quicken that game up. Keep that number of possessions they have down, and that's what's happening now. Teams are keeping those possessions down, and they're not getting – so they don't score as much. And, that, and that's what the Chiefs want to do. They want to get into a track meet with you. It's not happening. And they're not closing games out. I mean, and, and those are the easy ones. The low-hanging fruit is as simple as they're not catching passes. <laughs> that kind of helps. In they're situation. lining up so offsides. No, lining up offsides, yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, Patty boy. Whatever. He's not worth a rant. Um, so, yeah, no, this is not surprising at all. The Eagles, on the flip side of there, I, man, I, this is, <laughs> this is going to be real fun to watch how they respond. Um, and, and, yeah. I, and I'm very excited about Monday's game. Um, against Seattle because you've got one, you've got a Seahawks team that's now, I mean, it, at one point was was tied with San Francisco when they went on their three-game losing streak for the division. Suddenly they're believing they can do something. And Pete Carroll's first ever four-game losing streak up against an Eagles team who, I man, if if this was boxing, the, the Eagles have been KO'd in the first round back-to-back matches. Like, you're what's yeah. going on? And 
I the problem with Philly is the defense. It, it really is that simple. That defense sucks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and and I say that is though. Yes, they're professional athletes. They're good. These are all very good. But but for their standards and the standards that we've seen in the past, the, the the standards of a playoff team. This is not a good defense. They are giving up way too many points. They are giving up way too many yards. And they ran into two situations where a Dallas and the San Francisco team in back to back weeks capitalized on their simple mistakes. They capitalized on, I mean, it's just the little things that that wins football games. Dallas and San Francisco did it, and when that happens, you lose like this badly. Now, Philly has the talent to turn this around, absolutely, but I got to see it because this is the stuff that, you know, how do you respond? You you got punched in the face by the Niners, and it was, oh, you know, whatever, you know, things happen, and you responded by Dallas doing that to you flat out embarrassing you so now here we go you got prime time again what are you gonna do you know a, a couple of things samantha stuck out to me about that eagles cowboys game um in terms of the eagles performance themselves dallas came in all season long struggling in the red zone had no problem in the red zone against that eagles defense no problem whatsoever that's number one number two offensively the eagles are spo- were supposed to be able to Stay up there with the Cowboys offense and put up a lot of points to make it a shootout. Had six points on offense. Two field goals. The, the touchdown was a defensive touchdown. So there's a lot, red flags all over the place if, if you're the Eagles right now. Yeah, and, you know, it's strange because, like, defensively, statistically, they're not that bad, actually, um, other than the last two games where they've looked absolutely horrible. Um, they actually haven't been a bad defense statistically at all throughout the course of the season. And then it was like they just collapsed. And so, like, Irby, as you pointed out, it's like, okay, so they have this terrible game against San Francisco. I was like, yeah, they went neg. And I, I didn't think anything about that. You know, like, okay, everybody kind of boots one every once in a while. And as long as you don't do it in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm, right. And then they turn around and do it again. And as you have pointed out, Bo, it's like, not even sure it's like the – Allowing the points of the red zone that matters as much to me because that's like, okay, we've seen that for two games in a row against very good teams. Maybe they're just not that good. And this is what happens when they face teams that truly are of that caliber. But the fact that they only put six points on the board against Dallas's defense, which is also a good defense, but they're not that good. So, I, I mean, they, they stepped up and they played a really good game. But to only be able to score six there, I mean, we've seen – some pretty crappy teams put a lot more points than that on the board against Dallas. Mm-hmm. So what's going on there? Like I'm a lot more worried about the offense because statistically they have been worse than the defense consistently throughout the season. And I mean, six points, man. I mean, you're like, that, that's Vikings Raiders territory right there. It's like, you wanted to be part of that game. Did you think you were in that game instead of the one with the Cowboys that you were actually playing in the, the, the trash goal that ended at three to nothing? Oh boy. I don't know. I'm worried guys. I'm worried about that. I'm very you know, worried about the Eagles. <laughs> I think this week is going to be the key for me in terms of if they're, if they're going to actually finish off the East, uh, if, yeah. Right. Yeah. Be, I think you're right. Cause cause, yeah. cause like, you know, Seattle's no slouch. Right. Right. Right, there are no slabs on this, and that's not going to be an easy win. They play Dallas tough. They play San Francisco tough. It's not an easy win, and especially since they're on a four-game losing streak. I think, like, yeah, I don't think I want to play the Seahawks right now when they're when they're playing like that because eventually they're going to come out of it. When they do, it's going to be ugly. If Philly can get this win, I think they're just fine for the East. 
You know, because they've got, they'll, they'll have if, – if, if both the Cowboys and the Eagles went out, they obviously have the tiebreakers. The East is theirs. Dallas has to win out and hope the Eagles lose. So if they get the win in Seattle, I think they're just going to coast the rest of their schedule and just and make, and, 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 and lick their wounds and be the two seed and go from there. They don't. Maybe, maybe the Giants do beat them. And maybe they tack on another loss because clearly something is really wrong if they lose that lose that third straight game. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think if they go in there, they beat Seattle, they win this one, then I think our concern has no longer anything to do with the East. We're not worried about a collapse anymore. Then we're just like, wow, I wonder if you have what it takes to beat teams like Dallas and San Francisco deep in the playoffs, right? So we can just kind of kick the can down the road right. the Eagles are fine for now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But if they lose that game to Seattle, like, I mean, for one thing, yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity for Dallas to come in and steal it. And also, you brought up the Giants game. Like, I mean, once you drop three in a row like that, I mean, I know they're all good teams, but, like, the chances of, like, just total implosion after that happened are are pretty good, (laughs) Uh as we have seen in the past with the NFL. It's kind of hard to write the ship after that team. It's trying to not perform well after that, especially when it happens late in the season and they are competing for a division so mm-hmm. yeah i mean then then we go on upset watch with like goofy teams like the giants right we're like are the eagles just going to totally implode here uh, it's it's a possibility i mean it is it, ha- <laughs> it happened to that other pennsylvania team a couple years ago it sure did you it know? sure did <laughs> okay Irby, anything else on, on this yeah that was that was you well done <laughs> yeah um, hey well that implosion so so you guys and we're not predicting the implosion we're not predicting this but i'm gonna put it out in the universe that if that implosion you're talking about if they cannot take care of business against seattle their next game they're hosting the giants in that first one because you know the nfl schedule makers suck at life and it's week 16 and 18 that we get the giants they haven't even played them yet <laughs> that game is christmas afternoon Monday, Christmas Day in the afternoon, we could be watching an Eagles implosion. <laughs> I don't know why you think that would make me happy. It might not make you happy. It's going to make a lot of people. I just, hey, hey, it's prime time. No, I, I'm just putting it out there. It's Christmas Day. Oh, boy. Eagle implosion. Have all. you been threatened by the agent? Did Tommy DeVito's agent come for you? <laughs> I would call I just, it threatened. You know, it's just, like, is it? No, I'm saying, is it like, did this one work? Like, like when Dale asked us to like explain how Pittsburgh would lose, did Tommy DeVito's agent, who shall remain nameless, come to you and say, "I tell me other times in the Confirm nor deny that I now own a car wash. <laughs> See, I, w- I would have gone with a laundry, like a, a, a like a Perfect. laundry service. I would have gone with that. Over a car wash. I, I, did, I didn't make the offer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think those are negotiable. You, you take what's offered to you, right? Uh, you'll take this car wash or we'll bury you under it. Uh. <laughs> and oddly enough, the car wash is called the implosion. All right. All right Can so, we get this as a musical? Yes. <laughs> I know, in a car wash. It's so great. Nice. All right. One more thing before we get into before we hop into the time capsule. See, I'm a little rusty going into the time capsule. A little rusty. One more thing before we do that. Uh, I got to ask you guys, Smith. I'll start with you here. Uh, there's a lot of smoke going around about Belichick and the Patriots heading for Splitsville. 
right? It's it's started out with these little internet rumors. They were pesky enough that Belichick was asked about it and had a very Belichickian answer to it to this question. So, how serious are we taking this? Is like, is this legit? Do we think he's actually going to be gone? He's going to leave, and the Patriots are going to completely start over, or is this just more internet rumors getting a little crazy? I mean, it's not like we haven't seen it before, right? Like when we had the whole, you know, Tom Brady pulling rank and going over Belichick's head because he wanted Garoppolo out of the way. And Mm -hmm. then we heard, then, you know, when that happened, everybody's like, okay, is that the end of like, I mean, what was the end of Belichick and Brady? And you're like, is this going to be the end of Belichick and Kraft too, since Kraft was clearly clearly King Brady uh, in that particular instance. So, I mean, yeah, it might happen. We can all say, ooh, it could happen. And then we get to be right, but we're really just guessing. We have no idea. So, I mean, I'm quite fond of the whole um, Belichick for Herbert straight up. See if Belichick can fix the Chargers and send Herbert to somewhere where he has a fighting chance. Although, I guess my question about that is, like, but is Herbert going to be okay? Like, if Belichick's not there to make him okay? So I'm not sure I love that trade as much as some people do because, like, who's the <laughs> Patriots coach in this scenario? Like, I mean, it's got to be better than Brandon Staley because you literally can't get worse. But um, it's not going to be Belichick. So <laughs> I don't know. But it is an, it's an entertaining thought. And, and I also don't believe for a second that we're going to see a coach traded. Um, I know everybody loves this discussion, but the chances that are, like, so bad. So bad. Either you guys, either he's quitting in a hop or he's going to die there in ten years. That's just these are the choices. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I either either stomping out of there or keels over on the field. Ten twelve years. From his now. his answer today. I'm I'm focused on Kansas City. Was so Belichick. On Cincinnati. I, you know what? Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually have to hear him say it to to know how he said it. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can hear it in my head perfectly. And I need yeah. <laughs> All right, Ermy, how about you? What do you what do you think? Is this real? Is it is it more internet stirring up stuff? What do we got? I yes to both. Like I, I'm sure there's some you know, I mean there's definitely some issues happening in there, but I Belichick has done enough to to go out on his own terms. And and that's it likely how this would play out. If he's tired of this, if he's He's going to go out on his own terms. I personally, I, I would love to see him stick around. Stick around, whatever. Like, like he's doing a, doing them a favor. I would love that for this situation to stay and see if he can rebuild again. Um, and, and doing this from scratch and doing this from, I, I basically from scratch or where they're going. I, he, he's not the problem. You're just not a good football team right now. Okay, and it's not. This isn't a situation like Carolina where you haven't been a good football team for a long time, okay? There, or, or, I mean, there's sadly, there's too many other teams. This is, and you're, you're the owner's a run, run. maniac who yeah. interferes. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, Belichick had been gone in a heartbeat, too. There, too. Yeah, it's, but it's, that's, this is the first time in a long time that the Patriots have not been good. You know, we saw a couple, a couple years ago, we saw an issue, it was a little blip, and then they bounced back a little, but now they're really bad. In the NFL... This is this is something where if you draft well, if you develop well, if you scheme well, if you coach well, if you do all these things well, you can bounce back in a couple of years. So I, I'd love to see Belichick up for the task and bounce back within a couple of years. All right. Well, <clears throat> I guess the only thing I would add on is, is, is it, I'm basing it off the body language I've seen from Bob Kraft all year. It's the only thing that actually has me thinking this actually might be real. You know, that this this. 
the Patriots kind of do need that hard reboot, don't you think? I mean, it's it's bad. It could get better. They could rebuild it under Belichick. I don't think anybody's questioning. But the first dynasty, right? But they kind of do need that just that that fresh start completely from start from top to bottom. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know if I think getting rid of Belichick is the way to go. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I agree with you about Bob Kraft, though. But I don't know that that's necessarily directed at, like, rage at Belichick versus just general disgust. General disgust. Football team has come. That's probably just general disgust. <laughs> I hate what I'm looking at here. And I agree, Bob. I hate it, too. <laughs> yeah, that's just not, I mean, just as a football fan, like, I, I really have no ties to the Patriots whatsoever. Just as a fan of the game. I hate watching bad football. That's really bad football. Really? I, yeah, it, it bad. is. And it's not like funny bad either. And I, I say this as somebody who does have some ties to the Patriots. So it's a little bit bothersome to me in that way as well. And he definitely has a lot of ties to that fan base. So mm-hmm. I hate that for them. But it's mostly bad because it's like, this is not fun bad. It's just depressing and boring bad. It's yeah. not like chaos, ridiculous, like AFC North hilarious it's just bad and depressing all right Irby anything you want to add here before we step into the time capsule no no I'm, not, I'm excited about time capsule let's let's do this thing all right for, for, for those of you that are new to the program or you just need a little refresher the time capsule is one of our favorite topics It's one of our favorite segments so we take a sporting event that happened in a year between 1980 and 2010. Maybe it's the last time such and such won the Super Bowl or the first time such and such won an NBA championship. Hey, it could be any of these things. We not only take a look at the sports from that year, we take a look at the pop culture of that year. And I'm going to be asking Samantha and Irby to try and guess the top 10 grossing films and the top 10 billboard Songs from that year. So, Smith, did I leave anything out here? Are we are we are we fully briefed? Oh, actually, I did. Whichever one of my of my friends here guesses the number one movie and the number one song, they will receive a jar of dirt. You can get one for each, or one person could get both. We call that the double jar of dirt. If you don't know what that means, I. I'm sad for you. Go watch Pirates of the Caribbean. That's all I need. That's all I will say about that. All right. All right. Going, all what right. are we doing? Where are we going? Okay. Well, so this year, had a, it, it was the beginning of a couple of streaks in sports. And, of course, I'm talking about 1991. 1991. The of the Cal Ripken Street? No. No, I think that was in the 80s. <laughs> it's got to be earlier, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I was like, I'm like 87, 89, 91. What year have we not done? All right, 1991. 1991. Okay, so the first streak in the Super Bowl, the 91. Now, this is the 90 season, but the 91 Super Bowl. Okay. The Giants, thanks to a missed field goal, beat the Bills 20 to 19. It was the first of four. Super Bowl losses for the Buffalo Bills. Poor Scott Norwood. (laughs) 
Do you either of you want to take a guess, just real quick, take a guess on what the other streak was? And I'll give you a hint. It involves another team making the championship round for the first time. Yeah, it's the Bulls, isn't it? There Bulls. you go. Bulls yeah. over Lakers. Four games to one in the ABA Finals that year. It was the first of three in a row. Then they took two years off. Then won another three. So they went six out of eight championships in the NBA. All right. So that's the Super Bowl, and that's the NBA Finals. How about the World Series, guys? Uh, twins. Twins. Twins over Braves. Right? Who hit the big home run in game six to force game seven? I know you guys know this, but some of our listeners may not. Uh, okay, I think you guys know this. Should I? Should I know this? Kirby? Uh, was it Puckett? It was Puckett. It was Kirby Puckett. Oh, oh it's the obvious one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what I was, I was hesitant. I was like, am I, I know Kirby had a big one. I was like, am I missing one here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about the NHL finals? You guys want to take a stab at that? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I let her be guess that. I don't know. Irby, you got an idea here? 91, so you're right in the middle of would that that would be like the Mario Lemieux Penguin years. You got the Penguins. Who'd they play? The, the team that lost. I don't know. <laughs> All right. In the NHL Stanley Cup Finals that year, the Penguins won four games to two over the Minnesota North Stars. Who are now? Ah, they should move. Who who are now the Dallas Stars? <laughs> All right. What about the NCAA basketball championship? I'll give you guys a hint. It was complete chalk. Complete chalk. Duke. Duke, Duke no, won. That was, wasn't that the beginning of Duke? Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't ask yeah. me who they beat. I have no idea. <laughs> Irby, got a guess? Uh, 1990. Oh, oh, um, UNLV. No, no, wasn't UNLV. <laughs> like I said, uh, it's guys, it's complete chalk. It is Duke over Kansas. Complete, complete chalk. Yeah. All right. So this was fun because back in 1991, we didn't have the college football playoff. It was before the BCS. This is back when a bunch of newspaper writers told us who the national champion was. Anybody got a guess? One hint, it's the only national championship in this school's history. Uh, wow. I don't know. I don't blame you because I this stu- I, I was actually, I actually tried a couple of different places to make sure this was correct. So that doesn't surprise me. Irby- like I had a guess <laughs> until you told me it was their only one, and now I don't have a guess anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Irby, how about you? Anything? Um, well, I wanted to guess Miami, but that can't be right then. Mm-mm. Now, all they've right. got multiple. Well, I, I, I will tell you this. Uh, they you fla- you fa- uh, Fast forward to 2023, and they hire one Deion Sanders to be their head coach. Colorado beat Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl this kickoff 1991 uh, and were named the AP national champions after that game. It's the only, wow. the only, I, I tell you, I had to look it up twice. I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> Am I on some weird site? Okay. All right. Before we get into the, the music and the movies of the era, let's, let's go through some other fun facts. Uh, so 1991 was the beginning of the hammer dance. 
Thanks to one MC Hammer, and you can't touch this. Samantha, you want to take a guess on, on a couple of the books? I only have two. No, it's too early. Too for early? Me. No, I was like I was like ten. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I don't know what the adult books were. From then. <laughs> I'll probably know what they are. I can tell you if I've read them, but I don't think I'm gonna know. Them. Well, um, the first one, Ermy, is for you. Uh, the Sum of All Fears by Tom Clancy came out in 1991. Uh, and okay. Scarlet by Alexandra Ripley came out in. 1991. Uh, here's here's a, a lovely fun fact. This was one of my favorite, actually, of, of 1991. 1991, guys, was the year that gym clothes became casual wear. Active wear, such as leotards, leggings, sweatpants, and sneakers, were the hot trend. So all of those soccer moms wearing yoga pants in the mall started in, 90, in, 90, in 1991, although there were no yoga pants yet. Yeah, and also leotards started in, like, the early 80s. Uh, well, they started before that, but the, you know, aerobics trend of wearing a leotard mm -hmm. as fashion started in the early 80s. So, well, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. All right, some fun technology. Uh, the first color scanner came out in 1991. Intel, which at the time was the top dog in terms of computer processors, received their first challenge from AMD, because AMD had a more powerful processor, which started a little bit of a war between those two. Uh, here's a fun one. The first web page went live on August 6th, 1991. And guess what, guys? That page, even though I do not have the URL, I don't have the link for it, but apparently that page from August 6th, 1991 is still live. Somewhere on the internet, that page is still there. Oh, nerds. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right. How about some toys? You want to do some toys? Let's do some toys. Uh, you guys got to help me because I don't remember this toy. Uh, maybe you guys had one. Uh, but the top toy in 1991 was called Puppy Surprise. I had one of those. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I, I did not. Irby, did yeah. you have one of these? Nope. I no, it, was, it was kind of creepy. It was a pregnant dog. Right. And um, you didn't know how many puppies you were going to get yes. out of it. Oh, or if you, were my, had one. If, if you were my grandma, you broke into the package in the store to make sure you got the one that had six puppies and then stuffed them back in. Uh, Way to go, grandma. So. Good job, grandma. <laughs> well, well, hence, hence the name Puppy Surprise. That, that was the surprise. How many puppy toys mm -hmm. you guys... Yeah, I, I had pound puppies. I had never heard of Puppy Surprise until I did I, this Yes, I had pound puppies, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, pound puppies come before Puppy Surprise. But yeah, yeah. I had pound puppies. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, also that year, even though Hasbro had a successful launch of Puppy Surprise, uh, they were... Uh, they Actually, excuse me, as they were having this really successful toy with Puppy Surprise, they acquired Tonka. We all had Tonka trucks, right? Tonka... I did not. Well, no. all the guys did. Uh, Hasbro acquired Tonka and then added electrical features like lights and sounds to the Tonka trucks when they bought them out. That's fun. That's fun. All right. Lastly, a, a little geopolitical news here. Uh, the Persian Gulf War came to an end in 1991, and the USSR was dissolved on December 25th after the resignation of President Gorbachev. I, I, no, how, does, how does he just resign on Christmas? That just now hit me. <laughs> he resigned on Christmas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All I remember about that is like in elementary school, we had to make these like 
once a month it was your turn to do current events and you had to make this poster board with like four headlines and then tell people about the articles. Um, and I ended up with the day, I must've been the day after break, um, with the headline, um, that the USSR had dissolved. This is the only thing I, this is my only memory of this, like, exercise in school, but I definitely remember that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> I made the poster board that day. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go into our music and movies guessing game. Uh, do you guys have a preference? Do you want to do the music first or the movies first? Um, well, let's start with the movies. I think we, I think we've had better luck with the movies informing the music than the other way around. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident on movies. Well, yeah, I, I think I know Not. what the number one is. Actually, I might. Well, I have two candidates. I think I know. Okay. All right. Well, I will say this going into this, that I know of one song in the top ten that was in one of the top ten movies. Outside I know of, what that is. Outside of I that, know, okay, I know what that is now. <laughs> yeah, that's. Outside of that, yeah. I can't help you. Um. So, all right. Who wants to Who wants to fire us off? Guessing the top ten grossing films from nineteen ninety one. Well, let's do Samantha. You do your top two. I've got two as well. And then Bo, you tell us how well we did with our twos. All right. Okay. Okay, so I think I have to. I'm going to tell you the one I think is number one first. It might be flip flop. We'll see if I'm right. Okay, so I think number one is probably Terminator Two, Ooh. and I think number two might be Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves, and that's the one that's got the song that goes with it. All right, so okay. Samantha, I got something for you. What is it? Is it a jar of dirt? I got a jar of dirt. I got a jar of dirt. <laughs> and guess what? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you got one and two there, Samantha. Terminator 2 was, in fact, number one, making $201 million at the box office. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves checks in at number two. All right. Off to a great start here. Irby, how about you? What wow. do you got? Well, it was it was Robin Hood was one of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one would be a show favorite, Home Alone. Ooh, yeah. Home Alone checks in at number six. Well done. Oh, dang it. I was hoping I would have done better. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm surprised by that. I thought that would be higher. Well, it was, it was, guys, it was released November 16th. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. It was released November 16th, 1990. It carried over to 91. I just oh, that see. explains why I thought I was younger when I saw that movie. Uh-huh. Because this is its second year in the, okay. So it actually, it actually did better in 91 than, it's interesting. Okay, go ahead, Irby. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, that's all right. I'm, I'm happy with it. Okay, so um, wait, aren't we allowed to guess at the same time? He guessed his two already. Yeah, I did my two. Oh, well, Robin Hood. Robin Hood was my other one. I, oh, I knew okay. Robin Hood was going to be up at the top. All um, right. Well, now it's time for you guys to start I working together. Terminator was the next year, but hey, good job on that. <laughs> and that one I knew for a fact because I can associate the Guns and Roses video that went with it with what oh. I was in So. Okay. Um, I just didn't know if it was actually that high ranking or not, but I did know it was that year. Um, Also, another one I know for a fact that was that year, which I do not like this movie, and I don't know if it was in the top ten, but how about Silence of the Lambs? I remember watching that at a slumber party and have never recovered from that experience. Ah, The the, the Silence of the Lambs is number three. Seriously? Yep. Wow. Yeah, well, it, it was also released... It was released... Right around Valentine's Day. How about taking your lover to that? February 14th, 1991, made $130 million. 
Can you imagine if somebody was taking you on a date for Valentine's Day? Especially if it was like you were newly dating and they took you to see that movie. Like, you need to run. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) All right, Irby. Numbers four, five, seven, eight, nine, and ten are still up for grabs. So, from youth, and thinking of the age I was, what I enjoyed back then, I believe Adam's family? Yeah. Very yeah. good, Irby. That's number five. Oh, there we go. Wow. There you go. Adam's family was above Home Alone. Interesting. Okay, cool. And then I... And hey, real quick. Don't, uh, don't f- judge me. Hang on. Fun fact about the Adams Family. It was released November 22nd, 1991, and beat Home Alone by about a million five. Do you remember seeing that in theater? <laughs> the Home Alone and Otani was more than Adam's Family. Got it. Yep. That's fair. Um, the other one as a kid would be, I think this is when the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out. The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, you are correct, but that is number 13. Uh, okay, what about Hook? I know it came out this year. Man, Samantha, you yes. are on a roll. That is number nine. Yeah. Oh, man. I saw a lot of movies that year. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> what would have been our... What would have been our Disney movie? Uh, I think it's Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? That's number eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only eleven? Wow. Yeah. That's number eleven. Ninety-one okay. was a guys. As, you'll see this when I go through the honorable mentions. Ninety-one was a great film year. <laughs> oh, what about um, uh, Kindergarten Cop? Not that year. Kindergarten. I th- yes, it is number twenty-eight. Uh, wow, I thought that was 92. Okay. Interesting. Okay. What else? Oh, oh, I know one. I know one because it won the Oscar, and I really hate this movie. I hate it so much. Dances with Wolves. Everyone hates Dances with Wolves. Except horrible. For the people. Horrible. Except Worst for, movie ever. I, I feel like $104 million worth of tickets should be refunded. Uh, Dances, Agree. Dances with Wolves checks in at number seven <laughs> in 1991. I thought that... Was that a ninety? Was that a ninety-one release, or was that released in ninety? Yeah, that was also in November ninety, but it made its big money okay. in ninety-one. Yeah, should have set it up. Yeah, I I, I associate it with ninety, but good job. That is out good of job. the out of the top ten. That's the last one that had a late ninety carrying it in ninety-one. What are we missing? Uh, you're missing. We haven't done any. Well, you're missing number four, okay, number eight, and number ten. Four, eight, and ten. All right, four, okay. four is a comedy. Eight okay, is there has to be some... eight, eight is a thriller, and okay. ten, and ten is one of those goofy spoof comedies. You know, it's making fun of. Oh, something. oh, oh! Hot shots, hot shots. Ah, uh, hot shots. I was going to say close. naked gun. Close. Hot shots is number sixteen. Irby, which naked gun? Do you know? Uh. I was about to say two. No, two and a half. There you go. There it is. You got full points. <laughs> the naked gun two and a half was two. <laughs> the naked gun two and a half was number ten. No idea what the other name of it was. <laughs> uh, the, it was naked gun two and a half. The smell of fear. Nope, don't remember that. That <laughs> <laughs> was number ten. All right, um, so you need number. There's f- got to be four and eight. I mean, the time period, there's got to be um, uh, a Billy Crystal comedy in here, right? There is. I don't know the order of all his stuff. But this maybe was, I could start guessing. It's, it's one of his more famous movies. So, 
when Harry met Sally? <laughs> that's what I was going to say, just to be snotty. But um, yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to make the same joke. Um, so wait, is it the one where he's a cowboy? Yes. Oh, I don't know the name, oh, name of that movie though. Okay. Number City four, slickers. number four, making 124 okay. million is City Slickers. All oh, right, that was not a good movie. All wow. right, Yikes. you're just you're, all you're left with is number eight, which was a thriller slash suspense film. No, it's not Hand That Rocks the Cradle because we already did that. Um, uh, that's a year after. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably not going to know this. Well, I mean, I'm sure I've heard of it, maybe, well, but I don't um, think I know this. No, I was thinking, no, Backdraft? Backdraft? Oh, Backdraft yeah. is number 14. That would, but that's no. not really, I mean, it is a thriller. No. Kind of. Action thriller? Yeah. It's more, um, it's more like thriller suspense. Yeah, Backdraft is number 14. That's a good guess, though. Yeah, I would say that would be a high-grossing one. Um, so this is a thriller, not an action movie. Right. right? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm going to struggle with this. I don't know, can we have a hint? <clears throat> Uh, would you like to know the lead actress? Yeah, yeah. The lead actress in this film was Julia Roberts. Julia oh, Roberts. I got it. Go ahead. If you have it. Sleeping with the Enemy. There it is. Number eight. Oh, Sleeping with the Enemy. That. I haven't either. We were too young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, it's not one of those that, like, <clears throat> I don't think you'd go back for that later. <laughs> like, I don't know. All right. Honorable mentions. Outside of the top ten honorable mentions, uh, you, you already said a few of these, but number 11, Beauty and the Beast, was the Disney movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Secret of the Ooze, number 13, Backdraft at 14. Number 19 was My Girl. Oh. Yeah. No, number 20 was Father of the Bride. Number 21, a cult classic in, in our generation, Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's right. Right? Number 22 was Doc Hollywood. Okay, I remember the movie poster for that. All right. Uh, number 27, the first film that I know of that was actually classified as a lesbian film was Thelma and Louise. <laughs> are, are they living? That was that was classified. <laughs> they were not lesbian. <laughs> but it was classified as a lesbian film. Oh I will never God. forget that. Uh, People are so stupid. <laughs> they, they weren't. Okay. Oh no! Oh no! Ah, number twenty-eight was Kindergarten Cop. Number twenty-nine launched a whole new generation of conspiracy theorists. One JFK, Oliver Stone's. Oh wow! Interesting I've film. Not seen that. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting that Kevin Costner did Dance with with Wolves and JFK in the same year. It's like his mm -hmm. worst year ever. Yeah. And combined, you have to sit down for eight hours. <laughs> this is not my favorite phase of Kevin Costner. <laughs> All right, a couple of my favorites here. Checking in at number thirty-six, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Love that movie. Big fan. There you go. Didn't right. didn't Keanu Reeves do Point Break the same year? Yes, he did. Uh, Point Break. Yes. I just saw that one. Point Point Break. Where are you? Definitely, probably not a big money maker. Point. <laughs> that is, see, that's a good movie though. I like that. Uh, yes. I mean, it's well, good is probably not the right word, but I like it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Point Break was number thirty. Not bad. Okay, uh, Not bad. I, I, another one that is underrated, but I love it to death. Number forty-four, King Ralph. Love that film, and anyone that follows the royal family would love that film. Uh, number fifty-three. I'm just. I'm, I'm actually a little surprised this one did so badly. Number fifty-three is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Hey, underrated movie. 
very underrated movie. I mean, come on, it barely beat Prom- right on top of that rose. <laughs> it be- it barely. I love that line. It's my favorite line of the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> it barely beat Problem Child too. Come on now. Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> come on now. <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll finish this off. Uh, number 69, An American Tale, Five Goes West. I think I missed that one. Oh, why did that do so bad? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it did better than Hudson yeah. Hawk and The NeverEnding Story 2, so it's got that going for it. Oh, NeverEnding Story 2 was bad. Yes. <laughs> so, was, so was Hudson Hawk. <laughs> 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 oh, and oh, hang on, one more. Number ninety-one. Ernest scared stupid. There you go. That that's it. Kind of it. Kind of fell off after fifty. <laughs> kind of fell off after fifty, but that's okay. All right. Now I got to tell you guys these songs. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of these top ten songs. So this might be a little dicey. Um, I know what number one is. What do you guys? Like, you both know what number one is. But you take the jar of dirt this week. You say it. Do it. I've, I, hey, I think that I should be allowed to because I already announced it with my other thought. It's Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams, which was from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and plays in the closing credits. And it was also my first slow dance when I was in elementary school. <laughs> I think Samantha's earned the jar of dirt there, buddy. That's right. Yeah, but it might have been my only one I get. I got a job to do. You got to be faster if you want to the dart, man. You got to be faster. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Irby. If you could get number two, I will award you a jar of dirt minus the audio. That's like the half jar of dirt. With, with just dirt, you just put dirt in my hand. No, you get the, you get the jar of dirt. You're, you're just, just, just the dar, jar. Here's some dirt. dirt. Yeah, which <laughs> you're just not going to get the fun audio clip. That's all. Like, like I, I'll award you one, but you don't get the fun audio clip because yeah. because Samantha got the double jar of dirt. Man, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Samantha. Any ideas? 1991. Um, I guess what. It, CNC Music Factory. Um, On there. Everybody, everybody dance now. Number three. Okay. Everybody dance now. Okay. Um, how about Motown Philly by Voice Tonight? That was number 11. Okay. Um, You're already doing better than I thought. Um, how about All for Love by Colony Bad? All for Love. On the top 10. Um, what else? Oh, what about Good Vibration? Mark B. Mark. Uh, number 20. Hmm. Uh, what else is that? You know, there's got to be some Mariah Carey, too. Um, wasn't that, um... Amy Grant as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, right. Um, hey. You want me to say the song? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I'm, I can just remember Amy Grant during that time. Oh, it's got to be either Every Heartbeat or what's the other one called? Baby, baby. I think. Baby, baby. Checking in at number ten. Amy Grant. All right, All right you got three yes. of them. 
Okay. Well, if there's her, um, you said Mariah, you said um, Paula Abdul. Yes. Oh, yeah. You guys got the song? Oh, okay. So wait, this is late. So this has to be the second album. So it's Rush Rush, right? That's number four. Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. All right. Um, wow. You really threw me for a loop with the color me bad. I'm disappointed. Um, I had that. Oh, hang on. Time out. The color me bad song. What was it? All for love. Okay. Now that's not the one. It is a color me bad song, but that's not the one that made the top 10. Oh, okay. So it's, um, I want to say up. That's number two. Okay. Wow. That Ooh. ranked higher than, really? Wow. I don't know. We weren't allowed to listen to that one. I, I wonder. To to that. I wonder why a, we were ten. I know. Hmm. <laughs> was a lot to listen to all for love, however, and once you get a hold of the whole tape, well, you know, mm-hmm. I had a walk. Didn't understand the point of it, though, so it didn't matter. But uh, I was too confused by it. But all right, you've got the. T- that got- was number two. Really, yeah. I don't even remember that being on the radio. That's number weird. Two. Okay. Um. So you're, right. I'm looking for number five, number six, number seven, number eight, and number nine. Uh, and I can keep opening with like, is there some Madonna? Um, not in the top ten. Mm. What about Whitney? Uh, not in the top ten. Uh, I'm Wilson trying. Phillips. <laughs> well, there you go. Wilson Phillips. I know the song you're thinking of. Uh, not only are they not in the top ten, but that's not the song I was thinking of. Checking it at twenty-seven. That's you're in love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I did have that. I had that cassette tape. Oh. It's not a good um, Losing My Religion, R.E.M. Oh. Yeah. Great song. Not in the top ten. Uh, I do not like it. Am I, like, nailing everything in the 20s again, like I was doing? Kind of. <laughs> kind That's of. right. I forgot about that. Kind oh, of. what about Celine Dion? We got to have some Celine Dion. Oh, right? yeah. Although that might be, she might not be that high yet. She might be new to the New to things. Celine Dion checked in number <coughs> 37. And surprisingly, it's got heart in the name. Where does my heart beat now? Oh, yeah. Very early. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the Miami. Uh, Gloria Stefan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. She might have at that point. Yeah, she might have. Mm-hmm. Oh. Not in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, she checks in at number in the 34. 20s, probably. No, see, you've yeah. actually graduated yeah. to the 30s. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm consistent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can we? We're missing a lot, aren't we? Can we have some hints? Quick a hint. I mean, I would, <laughs> I would love to give you some hints, but I don't know these songs. Um, how. <laughs> Oh no! We're 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 gonna make this. We're we're, we're gonna actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you half. I'm gonna give you the artist. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, number five uh, was a song by one Timmy T. Oh, one more try. There you go. All right. Number. I think s- that was the only song he had. <laughs> number six. It's not. He went on to become the agent for Tommy DeVito. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number six, uh, not REM. This is by EMF. Oh, unbelievable. There you go. <laughs> All right, number seven, the artist was Extreme. Um, so that's either 
Oh, it's probably more than words, isn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Irby, step in any time now. Uh, <laughs> number eight was... I, when we get to the 20s, I'll, I'm, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> number eight, is uh, the artist is High Five. Oh, um, I like the way. Yep, also known as the kissing game, apparently. Uh, number nine... That is new information to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, number nine, last one of the top ten, the artist is Surface. Who is surf- okay? I'm not. This, yeah, I'm not on this one. Sorry, I don't, I don't know who that is. I, I don't either. Surface. 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 I don't think I even know. Do we know what type of music they are? I have no clue. Yeah, I. I don't think I've ever heard of this. Surface. <laughs> All right, oh, man. All right, here you go. Surface was an American music group from New Jersey, active from 1983 to 1994. They are best known for <clears throat> their number one pop and R.E.B. hit, and this is number nine in 1991, the first time. During its heyday, the group consisted the of time. singer-bassist Bernard Jackson, David Townsend, and David Pick Conley. No clue. I'm mean, going yeah. to have to listen to this and see if I recognize it. <laughs> A first time? Sure, man. Yeah. Okay. okay, so some honorable mentions here, and I'm only going to list the ones that I know. Wendy Houston, All the Man That I Need. That was number yeah. 16. Yeah. Janet Jackson, Love Will Never Do, was number 19. You already mentioned Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That was number 20. Uh, Mariah Carey at 22 with Emotions. Roxette at 23 with Joyride. Mariah Carey again at 26 with I Don't Want to Cry. Wilson Phillips, You're in Love at 27. R.E.M., Losing My Religion at 33. We're getting into the Irby group now. <laughs> Gloria Stefan coming out of the dark, number 34. Uh, Celine Dion, Where's My Heartbeat Now at number 37. Um... Roxette, Fading Like a Flower. Wow, Joyride beat Fading Like a Flower. I like that song. Number 44, Extreme checks back in with Wholehearted at 46. Wilson Phillips, Impulsive at 48. And number 50, rounding out the top 50, Rod Stewart, Rhythm of My Heart. I forgot about that song. I feel like that song was like one of those grocery store adult contemporary songs from the moment it came out. <laughs> oh, Definitely. <laughs> That was before we had music. That was elevator music. Yes, yeah, like it would be on in the CVS. Uh. Oh, wait, what CVS used to be called? Whatever CVS was back then, it wasn't CVS. I was, I was saying, I'd see myself having to get you know like new pants at Sears and listening to Rod Stewart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. All right. Well, that was 1991, guys. All right. Good year, sort of. I don't know. We did. We I think we did all right. I think we did pretty well. You we did. got everything except one song in our. And this is our first pass at this in a while. You so did, Irby. I think we did well. You did a lot better yes, with the music yeah. than I expected. A lot. I, I looked when I first saw that top ten. I was like, oh gosh, that's going to take forever. <laughs> no, I told you. I told you. I, I have a gift that I can remember like all of the top songs because I used to sit and listen to those radio countdowns every single night for everything in this space because I was like a bored only child. So I would just sit there and listen through those countdowns every night. So <laughs> that's why I can get all the music in this particular window 
and I can't get to what's on either end of it because I was either too little or old enough to no longer waste all of my time doing this. So, but in this particular little window, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have a lot to do. I did not have a lot to do. Uh, well, all right. That was 91. Uh, next week, we'll have another round of the time capsule. Uh, I think I can speak for everyone involved that we're really happy the time capsule back because it's fun. It's just a fun... It's it's fun to look back. I, like like I, I really don't remember any of those songs. I think that was when my parents were trying to indoctrinate me with country, so I didn't know any of those of these songs. Oh, we didn't have any. <laughs> so this was actually I. Although I was a little bit of a fish out of water on this too, because this was my first year in public school, mm. um, and the kids in public school listened to very different stuff than the private school kids that I knew did. So, like, a lot of, like, what was being listened to and the stuff that ended up on this countdown, I was, like, completely unfamiliar. Like, the first time I went to a dance, I didn't know any of the songs. <laughs> like, why, why did we even have dances? We were not old enough for dances. I don't know. We had dances. But, um, <laughs> anyway, this is my first year in public school, so I had a lot to learn. Um, music at the top of the list. <laughs> All right, well... <clears throat> Irby, any final thoughts here before we call it a, a week? I no, I, I'm happy with my three assists that help you get the the songs done. But yeah, music's just not my. It's I can do the movies, but I just yeah. hope I can stay in the twenties and thirties with the music. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. See, it's because it's not actually that you can't get the music. <laughs> it's like you apparently don't know anything that was really popular. But you know everything from the next year down. <laughs> I don't know what this that is true. I, 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 I've never been one for the mainstream popular stuff, so that kind of makes sense that it's always... Eh, but it's I'm still pretty behind. mainstream, the 20th most popular song of the year, which is what I don't yeah. understand about this. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> I don't know. He's a, he's a wizard at the movies. Uh, <laughs> and then he has like weird obscure talent for the music. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you what was good but not great in this year. <laughs> well maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you were aiming for the mediocre, moderately successful. That's what yes, there you moderately go. Well, I got successful. better. Like, oh this is a good song. Yes, everybody loves it. Mm, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Kinda catchy but didn't win a Grammy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right guys. Well, this song was not from 1991, but it's still pretty good. All right. Wherever you're listening to uh, Lollygagging at, make sure you like the show. Give us a subscription. Help us out without algorithm to get some more lollygaggers in here. But for now, we are done. We're out of here. Until next week, watch some football. You might see, I don't know. A good call that everyone says was bad and vice versa. It's football. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs>